0: Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who wanna know what works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2018, the mega conference for social media marketers and creators, the event you know you want to go to. I am really stoked about today's show. I'm going to be joined by my friend Ian Cleary, and we're going to explore five different social tools that make the job of marketers a bit easier. By the way, if you want to reach me, email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Last thing is, did you know I have another podcast? It's called the Social Media Marketing Talk Show. And on that podcast, I literally break down the news that happened in the last week. And let me tell you, there's a lot of news going on in our industry. So simply look for Social Media Marketing Talk Show in any of your podcast players of choice and hit the subscribe button. All right, let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery.
0: Helping you stay alive in a social jungle,
1: here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What did you find, Eric? I found a really cool AI
0: video editing tool.
1: (laughs) AI video editing. Those words don't seem to go together in my brain. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, no, they don't seem to go together. But what this means is that this tool called Magisto... At least that's, I'm pretty sure how you pr- pronounce it. It's magic, but then isto, so magisto. What it does is it has automatic video editing sc- uh, skills. So what it does is you upload, whether on the web, the iOS app, or the Android app, movie clips or still images and or music, and then it does the rest for you. Really? Yeah, it, it analyzes your footage. For faces, face recognition, scene analysis, uh, object detection, person detection, camera motion. So what
1: Um, what is it doing exactly?
0: Well, so what it's doing is it is syncing up the different beats with the music as well as the motion or actions in the videos or in the still images. And it's doing this based on the music as well as the type of editing you told it to do, because there's a couple different- um,
1: Now, just just to be clear, options. you're not just throwing up a bunch of raw video clips and, and music and letting it compose the whole thing, or is that what I hear you saying? No, that's literally what it does, yes. You're just, you got, a, you got 50 clips, and you got some music, and somehow it will- it will actually sew the whole thing together and create a pretty cool looking video? I mean, is it nice looking? Does it zoom in on the faces and all that craziness?
0: Yes, it does. So I'll give you an example. This past weekend, I took my son to go putt-putt and we did a bunch of different things around at this place. And we, t- I took a bunch of photos, took a bunch of video, of him just messing around. When I was trying out this app, I uploaded all this stuff and picked the kind of happy-go-lucky type of sound thing. And it processed for a couple minutes. And then when it was done, I hit play. And I was kind of blown away by how good it was.
1: Huh. So it literally looked like it was done by a professional video editor.
0: Pretty much. I mean, it's probably but- a step below that, but it's definitely better than I could have done. Is it, with- like,
1: is it like those kind of cheesy things we've seen in the past where they just take still photos and they make a slideshow out of it? It's a little more sophisticated than that, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like it, it's that but it's on steroids like it's something that i expect like apple to make based on like their clips app that we've covered before
1: huh so i would imagine there must be a free and a premium version of this thing exactly
0: yes yeah. so there's different tiers there's a free so the ios and the android app are free and there's some free features that you can do on their site but then there's paid tiers that are like you know so much per month it's like 249 and 999 and then business level and you can choose between those, and it gives you different amounts of how many clips, how many movies per month, et etc.
1: And does it have the logo in it on the free ones, or no logo? On the high? free
0: one, I think it, yeah, I think on the free one it does. But as you go higher, it eliminates that.
1: That's so how one do you the, sp- how do you spell it again? Can you spell the name of this thing? Yeah, so it's called
0: Magisto, and you can find it at m a g i s t o dot com.
1: M-A-G-I-S-T-O dot com. Yes. Very cool. I can't wait to try this out. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. You've been hearing me talk about social media marketing world 2018, probably a lot, but one of the things you may not realize is we have done something totally new for our 2018 conference. We have doubled the number of ticketing options and there's something for everyone. So in the past we had pretty much, uh, you purchase a ticket, it was like a Disneyland ticket and you get access to everything and it was pretty pricey or you get a virtual ticket and just get access to the content. Well this year, we've added two new layers to this. So the you get access to everything is called now the all access ticket. That gets you access to food, to sessions, to parties, to networking to literally everything, just like the word all implies. The new ticket that we introduced, the first new ticket we introduced is something called the creator ticket. Now this is a far more economical ticket and it's for bloggers, video creators and podcasters who want to access content just about that topic. So if you're trying to figure out how to take your blog or your podcast or your YouTube channel to the next level, this is for you. And this ticket is literally about half the price of an all access ticket. Then we just added yet another level, which is called the community ticket. And this ticket is even less. This is literally only about a $297 ticket, which is less than half the price of the creator ticket. The community ticket gets you access to just the networking plaza, which is not a just thing. It's a 90,000 square foot space with literally hundreds of tables where you can sit and network on many different topics. And we also it also gets you access to all of our main keynote presentations, which includes me. Uh, So there's four main keynote presentations. That ticket is the most economical ticket we've ever had for a physical attendee at Social Media Marketing World. There's a limit on that number of tickets. It's set currently at 1,000. We anticipate it's going to sell out because there's just only so much space we have for these people. So that's a super economical option. The last option is the virtual ticket. The virtual ticket gets you access to all... Of the content, um, basically the recordings of all the content, all the sessions, 100 plus sessions. And of course, if you wanted to, you could get creative and you could get like a community ticket and a virtual ticket. And that's still gonna be far more economical than an all access ticket. So, all these ticketing options make it so that chances are pretty good you can experience social media marketing world in some way for a lot less than you might realize. So, check it out, see if it's right for you by visiting social media world. 18.com. Again, social media world 18.com.
0: Helping you simplify your social safari. Here's this week's
1: expert guide. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by my good friend Ian Cleary. He's the founder of RazorSocial.com, a digital agency with a very popular marketing tech blog. He's also the co founder of Outreach Plus, an email marketing outreach tool that you can find at Outreach.com plus.com.
2: Ian, welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks very much for having me, Mike. I'm delighted to be back.
1: Today, Ian and I are going to explore five different tools that will help any marketer, especially social marketers, better do their job. And we're going to be going through all sorts of different stuff. So hang with us. Uh, Ian, let's start with a good tool for finding content to share on social media. And before you talk about the tool why don't you talk about maybe why we should share other people's content on social?
2: Yeah, I suppose the majority of content I share are other people's content because you want to build relationships and building relationships involves, you know, identifying relevant people, sharing that content out. You get noticed. They notice you're sharing that content. And hopefully if your content is good enough, they'll share your content as well.
1: So, so you do it in in a strategic way to kind of get the attention of the creators of the content. I also think it can be very wise to be a curator of content for your community. Um, for example, at Social Media Examiner, we have a weekly news show, and we're, we're tracking all the sources where the news come from, comes from, and then we kind of curate it, and we talk about what it means to our community. Because so many times, marketers, <laughs> our job is to promote our own stuff, right? And we don't think outside the box enough. So one of the big challenges is how do you find the good stuff? So what's the tool that you recommend to help us find the good stuff, Ian?
2: Yeah, I use Feedly all the time and I've been using it for the last at least a year and that's where I track a lot of people that I follow and interact with or if I come across a really good blog or site, I will add it onto Feedly. So Feedly just gives me a collection of everything that I follow. So on a daily basis, I'll log in and I'll see the latest articles from any blog that I'm following and then I can easily share it out from there.
1: So the alternative to Feedly, obviously, would be to sign up for every email subscription for every blog and website that you you love um, and just get it in the email box whenever they happen to send it or to follow them on social and hope you see it in your newsfeed, right? So kind of what does Feedly do to kind of help that along, if you will?
2: So like you say, you're not going around every different blog and trying to figure out, you know, is there a new article? So it brings all them articles into Feedly. So what I do is I break things down by collections. So for example, I'm very interested in social media. So I'll have a collection in social media. And within that, I'll have a lot of influencers that I follow within social media, people that I look up to and I know write great articles. And like I said, Mike, I'm looking for articles to share to my audience. I'm creating content for me, but also for my audience as well, looking to find the best articles. So I'll have the collections with the blogs in in different groupings. And then I'll go in and I'll see what's the latest posts from each. And then I can read it within Feedly or sometimes depending on how the blog is set up, you may need to, you know, read part of it in Feedly. And then if it's interesting enough, you can click on a link to go directly to the blog. But what my process really is to go in on a daily basis, find those articles. And there's a feature called boards, which they released about a year ago. And with boards, if I find a really good article, I add it to a board and then I put a comment on that article. And then I've got a guy, a part of my team, who will take that article and share that across on social media. But what I love about it is I'm not just saying, here's the article to share. I'm saying, here's the article to share. And here's what I want to say in relation to this article. So then you know, that person will take that and then distribute it across different social media channels.
1: So is a board almost like a little private group where you can just share stuff with a couple of team members? Is that the idea?
2: Yeah, it's for, yeah, you you can, I have a couple of boards, one where I I create articles that I just want to keep. And another is a shared board with team members. So I can then share out the content that I want to share out to the audience.
1: So what is the board? Does the board allow you to share the article into it and then add a comment? Is that what I hear you saying? Or is it, are you actually composing like a tweet, for example? um, And then they're just copying that and sticking it over on Twitter?
2: Yeah, what I do is you add a note, and the note is not a, necessarily a tweet or a Facebook update, it's just a piece of text, but I add it in a format so it can, t- it can be taken out as a tweet or taken out as a, a Facebook update.
1: So Feedly is really just a good old-fashioned RSS reader. Um, I mean, that's really what it is, it's reading the RSS feeds. The, um, do you, is this a mobile and desktop, or is it pretty much a desktop application?
2: No, it's mobile and desktop uh, and the mobile version is a really nice has a really nice user interface on it, so quite often when I'm out and about and we've got a couple of minutes spare, I'll take out the mobile device um and it, it also actually it integrates with zapier, so you can do things like for example, if you want to automatically share it on Twitter or automatically share anything out on facebook you or if you just want to save that article somewhere. Yeah, a Zapier is a tool which it integrates with, which allows you to do that.
1: Well, doesn't it also immediately allow you to share it to Twitter with even without uh, Zapier?
2: It does indeed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has that integration as well?
1: Are there any other integrations with other tools, like if like like Buffer or Hootsuite or any of those kind of tools, so that you can kind of stick it into a queue?
2: Yeah, it has Buffer integration, so you can just enable Buffer and, like you say, just add it straight into the queue.
1: Interesting. So do you find, uh, by the way, is it free?
2: Uh, There's a couple of different versions. So there's a very good free version where you can have up to 100 different sources. So 100 different blogs you can be following and still for free. When I added on boards, there was a $5 a month charge, but I thought it was worth it because it just saves me time and it, it fits with my process for sharing. Or you can go on to the team version, which is $18 per person. And that's where you get a lot more shared activity, like the shared boards and shared feeds. And uh, so there's a lot more with the team-based functionality. Sounds like
1: it's really come a long ways. Because originally when Feedly came out, it was because Google stopped whatever their tool was. I don't even remember what it was called. And Feedly was the only kind of game in town, you know. Um, That's right, yeah. I can tell you as a blogger... You know, um, Feedly is a pretty important part of our social share count. I know that whenever I log into, uh, look at our articles, I can see sometimes three or 500 shares that came directly out of Feedly. So, and, and they do share some of that aggregate share data to everyone who subscribes. So it's pretty cool. So, okay, that's anything else on Feedly before we move on to the next tool?
2: Uh, one thing they uh, recently added was a mute filter, being able to mute certain things within your feed. So, if certain words were mentioned within feeds or certain things you didn't want to see within your feeds, you could mute it. So, that's just a new piece of functionality they've just added. So,
1: another big challenge that marketers face is creating videos. Uh, most of us that are social media marketers don't have any background in video. So, are there any cool tools that you can recommend that can maybe help?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was looking at Lumen5, L-U-M-E-N 5, L-U-M-E-N 5 uh, recently, and I think it's a pretty cool tool. And it allows you to easily create videos from your blog content. So what you do with Lumen5 is you paste in your blog post, just your the link to the blog post, and it retrieves the content out of it, and it breaks it up into sections. And then you can decide to, uh, which section you want to add as part of a story, So it might be a quote or a couple of lines uh, uh, that you want to add as part of the story. So you build up a story, and then you can customize it. Then you click a button, and it starts creating a video for you based on that.
1: Really? So is it just, like, is it kind of smartly knowing what parts of the article to show? And how does the video look? I mean, if you can describe it in words, like, what happens in these videos?
2: So... What, it has the, the words that you've picked and it has nice imagery in the background. It tries to pick imagery related to the words. Oh, really? And little little video clips. It, that doesn't always work perfectly. But I don't mind that because it's easy. It has like over a million, you know, uh, images and videos and there's no copyright issues that you can add. Huh. So if it, if it doesn't get it right, uh, then you can easily swap it in. I'll give you an example. When I was doing a blog post, one of the... Areas was in it was about targeting, and I then picked up a you know a, a video of a dartboard and a dart intro and So around that piece of content, the video came on for a couple of seconds, showing the dartboard with the dart throwing, hmm. you know, throwing the dart board onto the dartboard. Uh, so yeah, you, so you can build it up. So it was smart enough to know. Videos.
1: It was smart enough to know that. I mean, it was smart enough to pick a video about a dart, or did you have to go in there and say show a video about a dart?
2: I had, to, I had to pick it, you know. Sometimes it gets it right, not always. Right. But because it's so easy to search, you can easily swap in and out images. And what it also does is if you have any images within the blog, they're available as well to drag over as part of your video. Your video.
1: So are these meant to be like silent videos or is there sound
2: in them as well? You can add music if you want at the end. So um, most of them I, I don't... Put the music in, but you can put in music at the end as well. When you say at the end,
1: what do you mean? Like it can only show up at the end end of the video?
2: I mean, it's going through all the way the video. But when you've created the video, then it asks you, do you want to add music in at that stage?
1: How long are these videos typically created by this tool?
2: Uh, Less than a minute. They're quite short.
1: Are they meant to be kind of high impact? And do they have like animation of words and stuff like that?
2: It doesn't have the animation of words, but it's more about the visuals behind the words and the the movement behind the words.
1: Got it. But there are words that are showing up on the screen that came out of your blog, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And if you don't want to have imagery there, you can just have the words as well coming up with music, for example.
1: So what what was your impressive, how impressive was this on a scale of one to 10 for you?
2: Uh, I would say maybe six. I, I think there's... There's more work to be done with it, but I am certainly I'm still using the videos. The videos are great. But I think that if it was really smart, it would be able to pick out the imagery and videos, uh, you know, matching exactly the words. How long so did I think it that's take the you next step.
1: to let's say you got a blog post and we were talking like just a minute or two to create this video?
2: Yeah, less than a minute. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean that's that's pretty that's a pretty big deal because most of us could not create a video <laughs> even a, even a 6 out of 10 in less than a minute. Um, so what uh, does is it free what where do we find it?
2: So you find it at lumen5.com and they provide a free version and with a free version it's 480p so it's a lower resolution with a free version but still looks great across Twitter or Facebook and they have a small credit at the very very end they will have a small credit where they mention Lumen5. Mm. Uh, outside that, it's $49 a month, and that gives you 1,080p, and uh, there's no credits or anything. So it's still quite reasonable price on a monthly basis. And what I like it is using it for the likes of Twitter when you, you don't want to spend a lot of time creating a video, but you know that sharing a video as opposed to sharing a piece of text and an image is generally going to get more engagement. So you can quickly create those videos for social media.
1: And I would imagine these are your typical like 16 by nine shape, not necessarily vertical video, right?
2: Yeah, the Yeah.
1: Okay, cool. So that's Lumen and then the number five. All right, let's go to the next thing, which is um, user generated content. A lot of times there are, uh, like for example, in my case, social media marketing world, there's bazillions of people that take photographs of the experience at social media marketing world. Um, What is a good tool to allow us to to find that content and maybe somehow be able to use that content?
2: Yeah, there's a tool called TAC, uh, and it's used for Instagram only at the moment. And it allows you to reach out to people that are sharing pictures, request permission, and then you can post those pictures. So it's T-A-C-T and T-A-C-K. Right?
1: Oh, C-K. Okay. Yeah. So um, so how do we Thank you for clarifying that. How do we actually, like how does it work?
2: So basically what you do is you go into the app and you can search for pictures based on location or based on hashtag. Mm. And when you find pictures there, if you find any good ones, like for example, social media marketing world, everybody taking pictures in San Diego, you could do a search within the San Diego area. When you see really good pictures, then you can post a message which comes as a comment on Instagram asking for permission to share that picture. And once you get the response back, that's stored within TAC and then you can start sharing out the image. Now, I read recently on an article on Adweek that 85% of consumers trust visual content created by others. So it is great if you can share other people's content as well and sometimes they're more natural. And I know a lot of brands struggle trying to find good imagery. So this is a great way to get good imagery without having... You know any problems with licensing.
1: So is it just like you find the image and you click a button in the tool and it somehow posts the appropriate comment on the actual Instagram post of the user and then watches for the reply? And if the reply is affirmative, it's
2: completely stored and automated and somehow you're notified, good to go on this image? Exactly. And then you build up a database of all the images that you got approval to share before so then you can use them now, but maybe use them again at a later stage. Hmm. And I think people like the fact that rather than just taking the image and reposting it, you are requesting permission. So success rates are generally quite good because you're actually asking people and they're surprised that you're asking, can you actually share that image?
1: Do, do you know if Twitter is coming? And like right now, you said it's just Instagram, right?
2: I don't know. I don't know if Twitter is coming. Yeah, it's Instagram only at the moment. So what, what's the price? It starts at $99 a month as the starter and then it goes up to 199 for the pro version.
1: And do you have any sense of what the difference is between the pro version and the non-pro version?
2: Yeah, so the, the well the starter version is single user and the pro version is multi multi-user. Okay. Uh, it also looks at the number of followers you have on it. so if you're 99 starter you've got like less than 25,000 followers. And, uh, 199 is up to a hundred thousand followers. Now then there's a, an enterprise, which is a, you go up to $499 at that stage.
1: Got it. And the advantage here, I guess, is you don't have to, you don't have to hire a professional photographer if this stuff is really good. Right. And, and somehow they cover the legal side of it is what I hear you saying. So like, like if this person comes back and claims, hey, you don't have rights to use this image, you have an official documentation that will protect you. Is that kind of the
2: the point yeah, of it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, one additional feature I'd mention as well is they have a widget for adding to your site as well. So if you want to, from the images that you're collecting, you can uh, group them and then display them on your website as well if you want to show, oh, here's all the you know the San Diego pictures from other people. After you've got approval, then you can use a widget to put that in your site.
1: Yeah, and just uh, full disclosure, folks: these tools are not these are not sponsors. We don't have sponsors on our podcast. These are just tools that Ian and likes and we're covering, and um, and uh, I happen we happen to use Feedly. Um, and we happen to use one of the other tools that we're going to be talking about here in a minute, but that's the end of the relationship with these folks. So we're just giving you our honest assessment. All right. Let's talk about the next thing, which is, um, for anybody who has a website that is WordPress driven and wants to use social shares, um, in a positive way. Um, and before you answer it, let me just wax poetic for a minute here at social media examiner, we produce content just about every day. And the social share is kind of what I call the algorithm breaker, because if you can get someone who reads your content to share that content on any of the social platforms, that is a very strong algorithmic indicator. As a matter of fact, I think it's the strongest because people don't share stuff that they don't find exceptionally valuable. The problem is that so many, um, people that have content on their site, they don't think through, you know, are we making it really easy for people to share content? So having said all that, what is what, in your opinion, is a really good plugin or tool that allows um, more sophisticated social sharing?
2: Okay, Uh, just before I tell you, I have to agree with you, Mike, in terms of I see so many websites that don't make it easy to share content and also then you go to the mobile device and, and so much traffic has gone onto mobile device that even if it works well on desktop, it's not working well on, on mobile. So one of the tools I really like that I've used on my own site, and I continue to use it on my own site, is social warfare. Social warfare is very visually appealing. It, uh, it's very fast on your site, so it doesn't slow down your site, and it gives you nice social sharing uh, icons that you can put across maybe the top of your blog and I actually have them as well. As you scroll down through your post, you'll see it. On, you know, you'll always see the social sharing as you scroll down through the post. And I get a lot of shares in my content. And one of the reasons is that I focus on making sure that there's good sharing facilities through it, and it works really well on a mobile device as well. So not just desktop.
1: And I will tell you guys that we are a paying customer. Uh, we use this tool. On our on our website, and one of the things that I really like about it is the way that it aggregates all the share counts together, um, because it's you know, it's it's impressive when you can see an article has thousands of shares on it, and it kind of aggregates all that data together. Um, there's a couple other really cool features that I love about it, but I want to give you a chance, Ian, to tell everyone what you like about it.
2: Sure, and um, well, one thing I really like is the ability to add images and custom content for sharing for the likes of Twitter and Pinterest and Facebook. So for example on Pinterest maybe in my article I don't have a good Pinterest image. I don't have one that's in portrait style. But that doesn't matter. I can go to the configuration of social warfare I can add a Pinterest style image and then I can add in the text. So when somebody shares that in Pinterest that's the text used. And same with Twitter. If somebody's sharing it on Twitter I can include a Twitter image and say, this is the tweet, because quite often a lot of the articles take like the the name of the article uh, as part of a tweet. And that may not be, you know, the best thing to share on Twitter. And you want to share something uh, different on Facebook. So I really like that. Yeah, real quick, somebody. let
1: me let me comment on a couple of these things. Um, prior to switching to social warfare, we had to embed a monster big image at the bottom of every one of our blogs. That was our Pinterest shaped image, right, which is more tall and narrow. Now that we've moved over to social warfare, that image is not displayed in the actual article. Somehow. Um, well not somehow but the way social warfare works is you tell social warfare all right this is the image and this is the url for the image whenever anybody wants to pin your article and it doesn't have to take up a lot of space inside your article this is the only plugin that i'm aware of that actually does this and i think that's a killer feature if pinterest is a big part of your traffic
2: yeah it definitely makes a a huge difference i I think having really good social sharing, working well in the mobile, with the right images, with the right text, I think you can easily double the amount of shares on your site. And that makes a massive difference if people are sharing content on your behalf, as you said earlier, Mike.
1: Two other things that a lot of people may not realize. Um, first of all, if you move your site over to HTTPS, which is the standard, we just did this literally about a month ago, um, Google is beginning to you know, basically de-emphasize in the search sites that are not secured. The problem is that for Facebook and Twitter, that's a different URL, and you lose all of that social sharing data from your old posts. But social warfare actually makes sure that that data is not lost. So they somehow figured out a way with a click of a button, and this is only available on their paid version, not their free version. With the click of a button, that social share count data somehow remains available. So when someone comes to your site and looks at an article that was published before you moved to the secure version of the site, all those social share numbers are not lost. That, did you know that, Ian? I
2: didn't know about the HTTPS. no.
1: Another really cool thing, which a lot of people don't realize, is something called UTM parameters. Um, And there's not a lot of tools that allow this, but social warfare does. So inside of Google Analytics, you can do something, uh, a certain level of tracking, which is called source, medium, and I'm forgetting the other thing. You might remember what it is, but you can track three things inside of, of, of Google Analytics. And the good news about social warfare is it allows you to go ahead and actually add to the end of your URL when you share it um, what the source the campaign and the medium is. So this allows us at Social Media Examiner to actually track how much inbound traffic is coming from the Social Warfare plugin. Do you understand what I'm saying there, Ian? So so we can now actually go in and say, look at all the traffic to this article or to our website that has the campaign Social Warfare, and we can actually directly attribute traffic to shares that have happened from the blog post itself. Because this is important for people to understand, a lot of these um, these social share plugins—they're aggregating shares that happen out on Twitter, retweets, reshares on Facebook—all that stuff is getting aggregated together. And historically, you don't have a way of knowing um, for this particular for a particular blog post whether or not um, the fact that people shared it from the blog post if that led to any traffic. But now you can see all of that. Those are just two really killer features that I like. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to mention, Ian.
2: Yeah, they're, they're great features. And uh, the click to tweet option I like as well. So if you want oh, yeah. to, uh, you know, bet an option within your, your post where it allows people to click maybe a quote, for example, and share it on Twitter. And that works really well. Um, it creates and- a little
1: box, doesn't it? Like a little, a little box with the tweet in it with a, like a tweetable quote, and then you click it to tweet it. Am I right? Or is that something else?
2: yeah no that's it exactly and you can there's d- different variations of the the image you can use within it as well but the, those little things do again make a difference to the number of shares as well
1: yep there you have it so social warfare um they do have a free version and a paid version. do you have any idea what the differences are i mean I mean I know what the paid version you can do some of the stuff we've been talking about like the u t m parameters and and probably the dedicated pinterest image and also um the the um uh, the ability to do the HTTPS thing, but um, I forget it's pretty reasonable. Do you do you yeah, remember what the pricing is? it's twenty
2: twenty nine dollars a year. you yeah. know for one website, so it's it's certainly worth the investment. If you've got five websites, it's one hundred and thirty five dollars. Ten websites is two hundred and fifty dollars a year. But like for twenty nine dollars in one year, if you manage to increase your sharing, that's going to be well worth the investment.
1: Yeah, and I I don't know for sure, but I believe this is true that share. Uh, metrics also make an impact on Google search. So I'm pretty positive Google is tracking the shares and looking at that as an indicator of value in content. So there's a reason to consider it as well. All right. Um, the last tool we're going to talk about is related to Facebook advertising. Now, let's be honest. Facebook advertising is not simple. <laughs> no. It's super complex and you can use you know, Facebook's uh, ads manager, or you can use a third-party tool. Um, let's start with, before you mention the tool, what's the advantage of using a third-party tool?
2: Well, it's like with using a third-party management tool or anything, it's just, it's implemented differently. It provides, you know, generally external tools provide better, like analytics, better reporting, better ways of optimizing things. So there's a lot of tools implemented just Give you better functionality and easier to use. Got it.
1: So, which tool do you want to recommend today, and what do you like about it?
2: Sure, I like Ad Espresso, uh, A D E S P R E S S O, because well, one, it's it's visually appealing. It's very simple to use. If you want to do a lot of testing now, if you're doing some basic ads on Facebook, I would say stick with Facebook. But if you want to do more advanced ones and you wanna do lots of permutations and combinations, you could easily set up hundreds of ads if you wanted to. Like for example, you, you can set like five headlines and five images and then mix and match the headlines with all the different images with a click of a button, then run all them ads. And when you're running all them ads, then it's tracking all the performance and results. And then it, it makes suggestions for how to optimize it and how to reduce the cost of it. And then it starts producing like a really nice visual PDF report. So, you know, that you can present to you, maybe a client that you're working with. So it's more expensive, you know, well, actually, you know, there's no expense to using the Facebook ad tool, but using this tool, there is an expense involved, but I think it's worth it if you do a lot of campaigns, you're doing bigger campaigns and particularly if you're working with, on behalf of multiple clients.
1: Now, in February of two thousand seventeen, Hootsuite acquired Ad Espresso. So, is there some sort of integration going on here with Hootsuite? Are you aware of that at all?
2: Yeah, there is integration. They they recently announced integration with Hootsuite, so you can run Ad Espresso within uh, within Hootsuite itself.
1: Interesting. So, any sense of what the cost is for Ad Espresso?
2: Sure, it's. uh, It's based on the spend, your Facebook advertising spend. So it's $49 a month up to $3,000 spend. Then it goes up to $149 and that's up to $10,000 spend a month. Then $299 a month and that's $50,000 you're spending. So it depends on, I suppose if you're spending a lot of money on Facebook ads, well then you'll get the the benefit out of it. One thing it claims in the site that it, it 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 reduces, well, increases returns the advertising up to an additional 43% by making suggestions of what to use. Hmm. Now, I don't know about the 43%, but I know that the suggestions are really good. So, you know, you can, based on the suggestions, improve the ads you're running and optimize the spend. So hopefully with the you know, with the optimization, you get your money back if you're spending a good bit of money on Facebook ads.
1: I would imagine at a certain level with the Hootsuite account, maybe this is included. I don't know. Are you aware of whether like certain kind of Hootsuite accounts include Ad Espresso?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, like you say, when you go into maybe enterprise level accounts, maybe it is included, but I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Now, on a totally different topic, you literally just came out with your own tool. Um, and welcome to the world of software, my friend.
2: (laughs) Thank you you very much. So
1: just tell everybody a little bit more about what Outreach Plus is and kind of who it's for.
2: Sure. So Outreach Plus is for, it's an email marketing tool for, it's cold email. So basically when you're reaching out to people that you may not be connected to, and you want to generate leads for your business, you want to promote your content, you want to reach out and build relationships with influencers, you would use this tool. So for example, you would send email uh, directly to your client, but we'd manage everything. So we track when people open it, when people respond, when people click, we help build a campaign using templates to send out to people. So it speeds up that whole process of reaching out and tracking all the results.
1: So so is it, ideal for someone who is trying to like cold reach out to people to kind of put together like a predictions article for example and they want to get all these thought leaders or maybe they want to try to recruit someone to show up on their podcast or is it more for sales teams kind of help me understand
2: yeah it's a it's a mix you know so it could be it's a you know you have an article and you want to reach out to a lot of people Or you want to generate leads for your business. So you're reaching out to people and saying, you know, I have this latest piece of software. Would you be interested in a demo? You you know, that sort of outreach. Mm -hmm. Or it could be you could be trying to generate, uh, you know, links to your content. You want to generate links from external websites. There's a whole range of purposes you'd use the tool for.
1: And the, the main advantage of the tool is it automates a lot of the processes that are typically manual. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. And it tracks everything as well. You talk to people who are doing outreach and they say like after a couple of weeks, when you're using spreadsheets and stuff, you forget who you reached out to. You don't follow up correctly. You don't track the results. So you want to be able to track that on an ongoing basis so that you can in the future, then see who did you actually reach out to and you know what responses you got. And what's the price point on this software? It starts $19 a month for a user, for one user.
1: And where can people find it?
2: Uh, If you go to outreachplus.com.
1: And it's spelled P-L-U-S, not the plus sign, obviously. So outreachplus.com. Awesome. Ian, why don't you tell everyone beyond Outreach Plus where they could reach out to you if they want to communicate with you and find out more about what you got going on?
2: Sure, no problem. Uh, I suppose on Twitter at at Ian Cleary, I-A-N-C-L-E-A-R-Y, or you can contact me through outreachplus or razorsocial.com.
1: Ian Cleary, thank you so much for joining us this week with uh, all your awesome wisdom on the world of apps and tools and all that fun stuff.
2: Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Mike. Delighted to be on.
1: Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode. If there was anything we mentioned and you didn't catch it, we take all the notes for you by simply going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash 278, stands for episode 278, you will find all those notes. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player if you're new. Lastly, do not forget Social Media Marketing World 2018. Go to socialmediaworld18.com. Socialmediaworld18.com. Check out all the amazing ticketing options we've got and make the call. Decide to come. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social
0: Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.